This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. I am Rob Crane here as always with Chris Valente. Chris, hello my friend. Good evening, Rob. Um, can I say that I'm feeling torn right now? On what? Um, I feel great about one thing and really terrible, which most of our podcasts will be about. I feel great as we, in June have set an all-time download record we uh, have for us when podcast listening's down 20 to 25% in America and we're doing record numbers and uh, our interview that dropped on Tuesday with Jonathan White from uh, the San Diego not San Diego uh, San Jose uh, Sharks biggest da- single download day ever ever was Tuesday I have a questions for you about that interview, which we'll get to. Records, and records cheer, drop. First, it. though, cheers, cheers to us. Cheers to cheers. us. I'm drinking a polar. You're drinking whiskey. You're. I'm drinking whiskey. Um, been that kind of day, Rob. Been that kind of day. Been that kind I of year be. too. Yeah, been right. that kind of year. Uh, yeah, no. I, I, listen, we did less podcasts too last month because we had one week with no interview, and we still had our most downloaded month ever. So. Big thank you to all our listeners for continuing to stick with us and also helping spread the word. And I feel like it's just the interaction we're getting lately on social. and It's been great. It's been off the charts. And then that interview with Jonathan was is flying. The downloads are flying. Uh, and I think the topics you covered, which we're going to get into, have been were amazing. So kudos to us. And thank you to our listeners. Yeah, our listeners have been awesome, so thank you very much. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll keep going. Hopefully July is bigger than June, and, uh, you know, uh, August is bigger than July, and we just keep on uh, we just keep on rolling. It's been great. Every month we keep saying this thing, new new records. So I think uh, in terms of a trend, July needs to stay that way. So We're July a trend fourth. upward. Upward. Yeah. Upward. Get it's, on the rocket the way, ship, baby. Get it on. Get on go. the rocket ship. Come on. Front office features. Review. And rate, rate, review, share on all social, the, things. the whole thing, the whole thing. I do, but I do have a feeling it, it, it our, our luck either either my luck is is turning for the worse, or twenty twenty is about to get a whole lot worse for the story I'm about to tell you. And this is this doesn't make any sense. First of all, I'll start with there. All right. So I was doing one of the things you hate to do, which oh, which which would be what? Probably what are you watching a movie? Are you gardening? No. No. Nope, are you eating nope. yellow starbursts? What are you doing? I was I was going for a run. Going for a run. All right. So I'm out for a run. It's the late afternoon after work. Beautiful day for a run after the storms pass through because it's been raining a lot here. So right. uh, there's this kind of overgrown tree that's across the sidewalk, but I run in a, in a path and I end up going into like a trail or whatever. And I have to swerve around that, that, that tree. And I'm like, all right, going. And all of a sudden, I swerve around that tree. And I feel like somebody threw something at me and hit me in the leg with what? like a bean with a bean bag. I'm like, what? Out of, like, it came like out of the woods. And I'm like, what the hell was that? And like, I'm, I'm going pretty good. I run at a pretty good pace. So I'm like, I'm like do I stop? I'm like, what the huh? hell was it? So I stop. Go, go ahead. We're going to ask me. I was going to say humble brag on the... Uh... Run at a pretty good pace, right? I do. Not I do. I do. You're pretty good. I, I, Got it. I do. I run a pretty good. Uh, you know, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. So, I'm like, what the f? Like, did someone just throw something? Like, was there a bum hiding in the woods who like just threw something at me? Like, what is going on? I turn around. A bird flew directly into my shin at the perfect timing as I swerved around that tree that was flying across, 
and I killed it. You killed a bird? With my shin. <laughs> it was like a car crash for this poor thing. I felt... I'm like, I just started a bird flu, like pandemic. Like, what the hell is this? What are yeah, the way odds? to start the bird flu again. Like, yeah, what are the odds of being on a run and your leg at the exact moment colliding with a bird who is minding its own business just flying across who drills my shin... Breaks its neck, probably, because it was... Yeah. I'm thinking about it. Like, they probably, what, fly, like, I don't know, 15, 20 miles per hour? I don't know, but they are f- cruising. Did it hurt, or was it, like, No, it, it felt like, a, like I said, it felt like a beanbag drilled me in the leg, in the shin. I'm like, what the hell was that? I felt like someone threw something at me. <laughs> I turn around, I go back, and I'm like, holy shit, I killed a bird. I'm like, how did was that Was it, like, happen? dead like, on the ground? Oh, it was dead. Yeah, I have a picture of it. I was gonna. I was like, I was gonna send it to you, but I was going to save the story. Oh, thanks. As I say the story out loud, it's an awful story. <laughs> they so uh, bird story for you. We were playing golf this year, and I um, was just playing with these random guys. Guy hits the ball up in the uh, you know hits the ball short of the green, and you normally when you play golf and there's like a group of birds, like the ball flop hits the ground and then the birds fly everywhere. Yep. Right? Typically well, geese. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was like birds. It wasn't like big geese. It was birds. Ball goes up into the flock of birds on the ground, smacks a bird right on top of the head. All the other ones dispersed except that bird who was <laughs> killed dead. on impact uh, by the golf ball. So, so the so first two, thing I thought of. dead bird stories this year. Well, the first thing I thought of was Randy Johnson. A Randy like, Johnson video is one of the great videos of all time. Like, what are the odds of a bird flying across I love at 100 that. mile per hour fastball? Like, the odds of that are like a zillions, zillions. That's the first thing that came to my head. I was like, I just Randy Johnson this bird. Because <laughs> the odds of that happening where that bird, because birds don't fly into people. That never happens. No, I've never he, seen that happen. He does like so. I don't think I've ever driven like you know. Sometimes you drive and bird like yeah, they're they're very agile and able to move. Like the fact that he hit me in the leg because he probably I was hidden by that shrub that I had to to go around and at the exact moment just like drilled him. I was like I I was shook. I was like, do I keep running? Like do I end my run? Like what just the hell did I just start the bird flu? It's just a bird. Who cares? It's twenty twenty. It's twenty twenty. This is that was like the epitome of my twenty twenty. I was like, I just murdered a bird while minding my own business out for a run. That might this be the best thing be, that happened to you in twenty twenty. It maybe it changed my luck. I don't know, <laughs> but th- that was that was that was crazy. I was a little like, uh, I felt bad. The rest of the run, I was like, oh man, did I, I just killed this innocent? Thing. It was it was. A you whole didn't range do of anything. That bird was a kamikaze pilot and he killed itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Regardless, I I killed a bird this week. No. Awful way to start July. Not a great way, but that's all right. There's worse. But ways record to start month. July. But record month. So it's all good. You know, yin record and yang. It's some things are good. Some things are bad. Well, the record month for us is much better than uh, than yes. That, than that, me killing birds. Kill, that, I would that's agree. That's not that big of a deal. I, I put that on a scale of very limited. So anyway, that's my bird story. That's my Randy Johnson bird story. Oh, well, there you go. And somehow you had one too. What are the like? What are the odds that you killed a bird, bird too? Or, bird, or I didn't bird? kill him. This is one of the guys no, you, that what uh, was playing golf with. I don't so, think Michael should cut this part up to promote our podcast. I think he should. I think he should. <laughs> Bird uh, murder. We'll have PETA per- petitioning for the day of our that's podcast. Fine. Uh, I hope they do. PETA, petition. I hope you come after us. Put us on all of your press releases. The uh, the press for us would be good. Any press is good press. Speaking of your, your enemies, before we get to the fun stuff, Alabama... Teenagers are having coronavirus challenges. Who this can, is the who, who, this who, is who, Alab- who, who can get infected the quickest? Right. What was the headline of the story that you sent me? Uh, coronavirus. They're having, they're having parties to see people who are infected God. are then going to a party to see who can catch it the quickest from that person. This is why Alabama is fiftieth in education. <laughs> it's just dumb. They're d- dumb. This is just dumb. I mean. Yeah, Massachusetts, Tuscaloosa like students diagnosed with COVID-19 have been attending parties as part of a disturbing contest to see who can catch the virus first, a city council oh, member says. Stupid. God, they're just so dumb. I hate that state. I hate it. You just know how to get me all riled up. God, Sorry. We'll, we'll move up. We'll, we'll digress into even more depressing news. Uh, so, um, no, but in all seriousness, uh, my condolences to yeah. the minor league baseball season. 
I, I'm still, I'm still not believing the ba- major league baseball season's happening until they actually take the field. So we'll save those condolences for another time. Yeah. They, uh... The un- the unfortunate news that came down this week of which just seemed like a, quite frankly, a slow death march to get to this point, right? Right. Where they finally officially canceled the minor league baseball season. And the the impact, and this is what we, you and I know want to talk about, the impact that this is going to have and the ripple effect it's going to have on our a lot of our listeners, a lot of our people who are looking to get into the business, the communities that these teams are in, the businesses that sur- survive off of minor league baseball, the employees who survive off of minor league baseball, the extra income it provides, it's way bigger. And this is where like the business of sports just sometimes gets overlooked of the ecosystem that sports provides for a lot of people to live their lives. And yeah. I, look, I, you and I have been on more on the same page of like forcing sports to play to cause problems for a pandemic is not the right answer. But it still doesn't change the fact that this is a sad day for people in the industry and people who are around the industry. Yeah, so late yesterday, the official press release went out. The night before is when I knew the press release was going to go out. And it was like, no effing way. And it was just like, you knew it was like, I don't know, it was like a, I don't know, a grandparent in hospice, right? right? That says like you've got, you know what's happening, right? You you've been planning this because this is you knew back in your head that it was like this is happening, but when it's real, it's like son of a bitch, right? And it yeah. was, and it hurt. Though I was so busy yesterday, it almost like, but today was the day that it felt more real and here's why you have like thousands of people who bought tickets for 2020 and these people have been kind of waiting to see what they have like you deal with sponsors right there's a hundred of them right you've talked to all those people tickets are different excuse me that you i don't know you don't talk to all all of them but like in Pawtucket especially this was supposed to be like their swan song, right? Like this was supposed to be our going out like a celebration. This was supposed to be like the year of years to celebrate, you know, McCoy Stadium, which is like 78 or 79 years old. This was supposed to be the year to go out with a bang. And you didn't get the opportunity. It just feels like a just the worst. It just feels awful. Like um it just it like it hurts, and then you start hearing these like season ticket holders that are like eighty some years old, and they wanted one more year, and like you know all these people. I've been season ticket holders for forty years, and you know these were my grandparents' seats, and then my parents' seats, and then my seats, and it's like you know it's just like you start getting more of those stories today because they're calling and being like right, and. uh it felt we never wanted going into 2020. We never wanted it to feel like a funeral because we were leaving. We're going, you know, moving into Polar Park in uh, in Worcester next year. But today felt like a funeral, right? Because it's over. You know, it's just over. And no, uh, I get it. It, it. And I think situations like I mean, it was the first time what a hundred. I thought. I think I read 137 years would be the first time they don't have a game in minor league baseball. Right, and the International League is like that old, the league that we play in. They've played through wars. They've played through other pandemics. They've played through everything. And uh, it things like this sometimes bring perspective into what we do and how many people are truly affected by this, right? You just we, We've been in the business now 17 years each, and you kind of take for granted – and sometimes become numb to those stories until you start hearing them again about how how important the Paw Sox have been to folks in that community. Yeah, and the, I think that's hard. The heritage and, that's been a, a part of it, people's lives forever. And like they've grown up going to those games and their family took them to those games and those memories they have. And to not to be able to say goodbye in the proper way. Like I have, like we could talk offline. I got some ideas of how you can fix that. <laughs> um, but the, it's, it just, 
it reiterates to people too, like most of our listeners are trying to break into this industry. This is what makes our industry so unique and so special. There's not many things in life that have been canceled that is going to have a significant impact on people's lives, such as like sports. It's just we're, not like, and we're so different. This is the, our situation is so different than any other situation in the country. Literally, no one's going through what we're going through because they can say, "All right, I'll see you next year." Right? right? It stinks. Right? It's like you had a bunch of rainouts, and you know, it stinks. And obviously, the business repercussions are much more than that. And I don't want to, you know, uh, you know, downplay that. But like, a Pawtucket fan will never. You know, uh, not you know, make, making sure that you know nothing's happened. But right now, like a Pawtucket fan won't see a game, a Pawtucket Red Sox game at McCoy Stadium again. And they've been there for since the seventies. I know, and it's that weird. just it's very is weird. like for me still mainly hard to digest. And I just I won't. I haven't been here that long, right? I've only been here four or five years, and. Man, it's just, you know the season ticket holders by name, and it's just like, I don't know. Season ticket holders and sponsors is, I think, a lot about. And, you know, just is kind of a, just kind of stinks. Um, you know, I will say this, though. On the opposite side of that, but also on the positive side of that, which for me is what takes up most of my day, is the excitement in Worcester is off the charts and we're planning like crazy to build a new ballpark and the ballpark is going to be unbelievable and you know all pending that there's no pandemic still excuse me and uh that part of it is exciting like there's a lot of fun things going on i uh went on to the field i did a live uh, a twitter live video uh last week and i'm on the field for the first time uh, at Polar Park during construction. Like, go to on our uh, Twitter page. You'll see it, or my Twitter page, and you'll 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 see it. Uh, and that was like reinvigorating. Like, I'm fired up. I'm positive. Like, I can't wait for this stuff. This is gonna be awesome, right? So it's like you've got this juxtaposition of like, there's a funeral in one place, and there's a celebration in the other, and you gotta know which party hat to wear, right? Right. And uh, it's interesting to say the least and i just say our situation in rhode island and worcester mass is just so different than like you know uh marty in omaha right marty uh, is though it's he's having a terrible year and he's had the furlough and layoff and salary cuts and everything that's awful but if everything's going okay like he can go next year and go I'll die again, right? It's been right. a while. Like, it's just not that. It's just, I don't, it's just weird, right? Does that just, does that, no, that make it's, sense? It's, it's just weird. It's weird, and I'm not even in it because I worked in the minor leagues, so I, I can empathize with the fans, and I understand how important most season ticket holders Look, I've always said they're, they're, there's a factory somewhere in the Midwest and they ship out season ticket holders from minor league sports because <laughs> they're all the same type of individuals. <laughs> you pick, That's like very you, true. You could pick out. You could, doesn't matter what city you've worked in. or They're all the same. But they're passionate and they care and they love it and it means more to them than anything. And teams leave cities. Like, that happens all the time. But to not have your, like, your point, your swan song. It's unique. You guys are in a really unique situation, right? To you, like, Marty... Marty's had to furlough folks because, like, there's nothing for them to do for another four, five, six months to get ready for 2021. To your point, you're you're building a new ballpark. You're I'm launching slammed. a new team. I'm slammed. I have more freaking meetings every day than I ever had. It's right. Like, so we're, it's we weird. so like, much to do. It's so weird. Like, you guys have this perfect storm of to keep you busy and to keep you occupied for future stuff it's because chal- you actually have stuff to sell versus – how do you call someone right now and sell a 2021 Omaha Storm Chasers ticket? You don't. You just the people are like, yeah, they need to. It's they're gonna have to go through a grieving process, right? The fans are gonna have to like get over this. And I've already seen a lot of the reactions. Someone shared some some posts, and people are getting a little unhinged in terms of making it political, right? Oh. It's not political. Political Where, about the minor league baseball stopping? Yeah, haven't you seen this? Uh, no, I, I I haven't as much. Oh, there's been some of your team president colleagues are sharing stuff that they're receiving about 
how you're a liberal and you're like you're rolling over and riots are okay but minor league baseball is not so it's like it's polarizing right so no no intending for polar park but at the end of the day i think what minor league baseball even though it's probably the hardest decision it's ever had to make is doing the right thing for the long term because a lot of minor league baseball fans their season ticket holders are probably the highest risk of catching the disease and becoming sick from it wouldn't you say Maybe the only thing that helps were outside. No, but I'm saying in general, forget the outside and the how the whole thing. But their their population, typically their empty nesters are older, typically older oh, folks. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Those type of season ticket holders are, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're at the highest risk. And then, like, to bring them all together and have events, it's just... Well, you can't... Minor League Baseball, I think people under... Well, Major League Baseball is playing. Why can't you? We don't... It doesn't work that way. The... The finances don't work that way. We don't have million dollar, you know, millions of dollars being paid for our rights to be on TV, right? We, I pay someone to be on TV. <laughs> you buy right? time. It's, it's yeah, it's no, the, it's, it's the opposite of that. So, for me, there's people who have it way worse in in similar roles to me around the country. And if I'm listening to this and I'm a college age student and I'm trying to figure out you know, what do I do, right? Like, if someone reached out to me and said, hey, man, um, just want to say that this stinks and, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, feeling for you. Empathy. Would love, would love to, would love to, uh, you know, catch up when the time's right. Cool. Right? Like, that's, that's, that's a good way to do it. But if you're looking for a job and you're like, oh, I just graduated college. I need to get a job with a minor league baseball team. Like, chill, man. Like, chill. We're all trying to feed our families right now. And I've had people reach out and be like, are you hiring? I'm looking for a job. I was like, are you paying attention? No. Nope. Right? So the if you come up and say like, hey, I would like to learn more about how you, uh, your, you how the way that you got there. I noticed that you went from X to Y, whatever. The emails that we've talked about a hundred times on this podcast, right? Um, if you're able to do that with these minor league folks and you really want to talk to someone, people will talk with you. They'll talk with you. Um, but I think you've got to – man, I'm not sure I would send an email tomorrow. No, um, no. We're, it's like We're beating up about this. We The thing about minor leagues that I think you can attest that's different is like we're everything, right? Like, you know, in our, there's only like there's only a handful of rotary clubs in say the area and we're speaking to all of them. So like yep. we've been to every single one of them because the towns are smaller, right? Like I forgot the, about the rotary clubs. <laughs> it's not <laughs> like Sam Kennedy, you know, the president of the CEO of the Red Sox is going to speak every rotary club in Metro Boston, right? That's just impossible to do. Clubs. Right? So like those types of things are just different. You're like, yeah. it's just, I don't know. You're, I, we, I always say that one of the bigger differences in minor league baseball compared to like, say major league. And, it, and this is not a criticism. This is just kind of the way that it is. Our entire staff goes out to the front gate and says goodbye to everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. I used to do that all the time. You just stand, you stand at the bottom of the stairs and say, good night. Thank you for coming. Right. I, I can't tell you how many times those words have come out of my mouth in my life. Right. Yeah. Your mouth was so dry. But yeah, you, you always needed to drink. Like, I was like, good night. Thank you for coming. Good night. Thank you for coming. Good night. Like, <laughs> right. Little kids, I, like, high, like high fives. No more high fives, kids. COVID. Sorry. No uh, so I, I don't know. It's, uh, I just feel for them. And then if I'm a, I don't want anyone to think like, uh, you know, that now I'm screwed. I say now's an opportunity. So go back to our advice of, it's not what you know. It's not who you know. It's who knows you. I think if you're looking specifically at minor league baseball and you're looking at, you know, minor league baseball is about marketing and sales and ballpark operations and community relations. If you're looking at any of those types of things, I think now's an opportunity for you. Now's an opportunity for you to be known. There will be opportunities in minor league baseball. We will play baseball again. We will have Groups of people that will gather in our ballparks, and we will sell them peanuts, Cracker Jacks, and hot dogs. 
but they need to, I think now's the time where you have an opportunity uh, to make yourself known because there's also going to be with all these furloughs, there's going to be two things that happen. One, there's incredible talent out there for teams to scoop up. Incredible talent for teams to scoop up. So if you're an early person in your career and you're two, three, four years into this, you're gonna and you're good, you're going to get scooped up. I would start looking, right, and start making those connections. Two, there's going to be mass exodus of talent of the uh, out of minor league baseball, and we'll just say sports in general, but we're talking minor league baseball tonight. There's going to be a mass exodus of talent because they're like, I got to go find something to do. I got rent to pay, right? So they're going to go from, I saw a guy today, left minor league baseball for 20 years to go sell mortgages. That's what he's got to do, right? Yep. That's what he's got to do. And I don't, you know, it's part of it. So in both of those scenarios, you've got to make yourself known. You've got to go um, start the process of making yourself known, whether it's team presidents, whether it's you know revenue guys, whether it's marketing folks, whether it's uh, revenue guys or gals, uh, marketing folks, whether it's uh, whatever operations, you need to start making yourself known. And I would take now as a, as a great opportunity. Never in my life, well, except one time, one time I've had this. Uh, if you had so much free time in the summer. The other time is when I got fired in Scranton and uh, that next year <laughs> I kind of had some time on my hands, but uh, I ran a marathon. Um, that's how, yeah, that's how bored you were. You hate running your marathon. I hate running, running marathon. Why? Because I don't think anyone thought that I could. And I kind of have that FU mentality. Uh, did you kill so a yeah. bird on that marathon run? Uh, no, I did not. I did not. <laughs> I did not kill a bird. I did not uh, kill a bird. I loved listening to everything you just said right there because it was pure, raw emotion and like real. Because I, I get it. Like you said, I worked. I worked in the miners. I worked in the miners for eight years, um, which is almost half my career at this point. Yeah, I guess it. It's it's different and. The people are different and the relationships you make with people are different. There's no other way to describe it than that it's just having worked on both sides, it's just different. And, and different in a good way, in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's – I don't want to think – the one thing that drives me crazy is like the majors are better than the minors. That's, well, that's untrue. Absurd. That's, no, that's, un, that's untrue. It's, it's that's a, untrue. That's untrue. Look, look and I, I'll be the first one to say there are certain people who belong – in the minors and there's certain people who belong in the majors and that's not a knock on either one it's just who you are it's no different than culture like there's certain cultures you bet you're better off working in and there's certain environments you're better off working in there's certain people who were just born to be minor league like jesse cole is a minor league savant genius and he's extremely right. successful at what he does that would not translate at the major league level in the slightest but that's not a knock on jesse he's crushing what he's doing right yeah so do be, do you buddy do you exactly and like i don't i think people except his lunacy mean, thing of not selling advertising i'm well, sorry i think he might, he might he might he might regret that at this time when you can have fans <laughs> in the stands but anyway uh there's there's different qualities that make people better at what they do and there's certain people who thrive in an environment such as a minor league environment where you're free like you less red tape creativity is flowing the camaraderie, just it's just you get your feet wet, you get you get your hands dirty, everything that comes along with being in the minor leagues. You're doing everything. And there's certain people who are just like, I like to live in this little box. This is my job. This is my responsibility. I go to work. This is what I do. And that's major league level. And there's no right or wrong answer. And people always ask me that, which is better? There's no better. It's what's what's best for you, what makes you happy, and what are you best at doing? And yeah. There's there's the biggest difference, and we've talked about this, is the economics. That's the clear biggest difference between the two. But I would put, again, the resiliency, the creativity, the the, the everything that comes along with being in the minors up against any major league level team, twice over Sunday, about sales, marketing, everything. It's just it's just those you have to be that good to make it be successful because you don't get the benefit of saying. Hey everybody, we're the Toronto Maple Leafs. Come watch our games. Doesn't matter yeah. if we win, we're good. The, so, the one thing I do like about the minors, at least for my, it's given me the opportunity to see the whole business. Right? It's you see more of it than uh, you know if you're in a 
box per se of like, um, you know, I do corporate sales or I do ticket sales or I do marketing or I do HR. It's just different that way. I, I told you, I, I used to get more insight into the business at 25 than I do at 38. Yeah, there was Based a guy there was a guy who I um, who used to work in minor league baseball, and he said, and he was probably in it for 20 years and was one of the greats, right? You look at him and be like, that guy's good. He left, and he started a restaurant group, and now his restaurants kill it. And I was talking to him uh, a few years ago, and he goes, Everything that I learned, I just translate from minor league baseball, I just translated in the restaurants. I'm not the chef, but I got this thing started, and he went from one restaurant to two restaurants to three, blown up. And it's probably because he learned a lot more about how business operates working in the minor leagues than he ever would at the major league level. Yeah, you know, revenues, expenses, vendor relationships, all that matters, right? Like, if you're selling corporate partnerships for the Boston Red Sox like you – you're not worried about, I don't know, the, uh, you know, I would say the hot dog relationship with Aramark, right? That's not high on your radar. I was on a phone call today for an hour talking about hot dog pricing and vendor relationships and how that integrates with a potential partnership, right? Like, it's fun for me, at least, just the way that kind of my brain works, is to go like that one thing hot dog relationships and then we're going to go have a conversation about I don't know group tickets and then we're going to go talk about hosting a special event and then we're going to go talk about t-shirt designs like that squirrel 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 mentality yeah. fits me pretty well <laughs> dog with a bone dog with a bone <laughs> yeah and then uh, I mean full trans you and I have discussed the differences on many occasions about many occasions. opportunities and 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 so forth and Again, I think it's it's all personal preference. I tell people yeah. that all the time. There's no and there's no right or wrong answer about which no. is better. And I think there's a lot of stuff that, that happened. But anyway, I think for the most part, um, you know, there's 160 affiliated minor league teams. The other part too that's um, a, a mess about this situation is not just COVID. There are 40 teams right now that have no idea. If they played their last game ever, right? Because the we talked about this before, yeah. is that there are uh, that the uh, professional baseball agreement, the agreement that weds minor league baseball and major league baseball, expires at the end of September or end of October, somewhere around there. And we interviewed Pat O'Connor. You can look it up. It's uh, and we talked about it. And that was probably in early winter, in our times. Probably it was September, a winter meeting, right? You were out there in the winter meetings. Uh, no, I was actually at the um, national championship game in Memphis, um, and we talked about it. And that was, you know, it'd be a year uh, coming up. But there's talk about contraction, right? There's talking about eliminating forty teams. So there's markets, you know. The, the it's it's well known that New York Penn League, the Appalachian League, um, the uh, I think it's the Northwest League, all those leagues, leagues. Leagues could go away. So all those fans in those 40 markets may have not had the opportunity to see their last minor league baseball game. And that, it always goes back to Battle Creek. <laughs> but, like, they're in markets like Battle Creek. But the, there was fans of the Battle Creek team that were just as passionate as the fans that are in Pawtucket. And it breaks my heart uh, for them. And it just is tough. It's just tough. And so it's like another layer of shit on top of a shit cake, right? Like, yeah. Uh, it's just like, it stinks. And hopefully, who knows what happens with that? Nothing's been announced or anything. I haven't divulged any information here because it's all public. But it just is like, you know, it just is another thing of like, you know, you could be you know, uh, I don't know, the Vermont Lake Monsters or the Lowell Spinners or the, I don't know, pick another uh, New York Penn League team or maybe those aren't good examples. But anyway, pick one of those, Hudson Valley Renegades. You may never have Tri-City Valley Cats. You may never have affiliated baseball like you've had it again. And what a kick in the teeth. 
And nothing because of what you've done. No, nothing. You could be out. Those are successful. You just named some really successful teams. I did. Uh, the there's you know out in the West Coast too. They're all in the Midwest. The Appalachian League. You know, I just uh, yeah, it's just yuck. It's just yuck. And uh, you know, I don't know, man. In Pawtucket, you want to, uh, the last game of 2019. Um, these la- on the last games of the year. All I want is for it to be quick. I just want it yep. to be over. <laughs> just, right? You're done. Yep, you're done. We want, and I care very little about the baseball, just because it doesn't matter. Right, it doesn't matter. But it was the coolest thing ever. One of the guys, uh, I forget his name. I'll have to look it up. But uh, had three home runs that game and uh, ended the last game of the year. And We didn't go on the road again. It was the last game of the year. It was game... Um, you know, 140, and he hit a walk-off home run to end it. So that's how Paul Tucker ends. Uh, yeah. So there's party when you look back, and it's like unexpected, obviously, but uh, it was a walk-off, uh, a walk-off home run, and uh, it was pretty cool to. Uh, that's pretty cool. It was pretty cool the way. It's a pretty to, good way to, to end it. I mean, that's it was a pretty it was good the best way I've ever ended a baseball season. Right, I've done 15 of them, and uh, it was easily uh, besides the year that we won the championship. That, and, yeah, that's, uh, a little, that's, that's a little different. That was 2011, uh, year we opened up Werner Park. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, so that was so that's interesting. Anyway, I have talked a ton during this podcast. I uh, this was your I, this was your this look we we this was yours, man. Like you, there's no, there's nothing in school, there's nothing in life that prepares you for what just happened, because this has never happened. Like we said, 137 years. And I think to hear you talk about it in a real way, and every, most of our listeners are are younger or in the are in our business. I mean, everyone's probably either in sports or trying to be in sports. So you, this this should resonate. This is the passion that you clearly have of why you've been doing this for as long as you've been doing it, and been successful at it. And for people who want to be in this world, this is just one of the short list of shit that goes wrong every day <laughs> in sports. Like you're working for the St. Louis Rams for 20 years and all of a sudden they're like, yeah, we're moving to LA. You're like, do you want to pick up and move your family to Los Angeles? Like there's no, there's no guarantee ever in our business. You yeah. better be able to be adaptable and deal with adversity on a daily basis, whether it be the tarp is ripped and you couldn't cover the field because there's a rain delay. There's always something happening. There's just always something, and it would makes our I think what makes our lives interesting is because there is always something happening. We don't have this boring, monotonous nine to five job. Yeah, right. But it it's it's also it's real. It's human shit we deal with. Like you you have a family and people. I don't are deal with. I don't deal with human shit. <laughs> well, you do. You you have you have you have a, a, toddler, so I, a child and a baby on the way. So you you do, and you're about to deal with more. So yeah, right. But there's some story minor league stories out there that. I'm sure that have dealt with that before. I'm sure, but th- th- like, I had a I had an informational interview the other day with somebody. I was telling them, look, as much as this sucks for us right now, who are in this business, for those of you who are looking to get in, if you can play the patient game and do what everything you just mentioned along the way, there is going to be a deluge of opportunities in the next year. I agree. I like, agree. I also. Teamwork Online is going to be broken because there's going to be so many jobs posted. You got to beat Teamwork Online. No, but you know, you know what I mean. Like, there's going to be so many opportunities out there because everybody at the same time is going to have to fire back up, and your, people are going to have to have gone to found to do other things to yeah. make ends meet. That person's not necessarily going to come back and be like, you know what? I moved on. I have a different lifestyle. I make more money. See you later. Lots and lots and lots of jobs are going to be open in the next year if this all goes back to normal. Right, right. I agree. I agree. Anyway, I'm off my. Uh, I, I'm I'm off my. Uh, I'm off my soapbox. You feel better? Kinda. I kind of. Uh, you know, I blacked out a little bit, but uh, I might have to listen to this podcast um, tonight or tomorrow just to be like, what did I say? Well, we always say this is cathartic for us in a lot of ways, right? I, it's, to... That's totally true. That was definitely a, a cathartic, uh, you know, 
few moments, but phew, it was tough. Tough. But anyway, um, I will say this. The, you know, that, that was tough, but that, I, you know, I will say that on when I interviewed, uh, so let's just change totally subjects. Uh, when I interviewed Jonathan White from uh, this, uh, we talked about it uh, for this past week's interview, uh, group sales, I totally just reached out. I cold called him, right? I saw that popped up on my LinkedIn feed and I just said, hey, let's talk. And I didn't realize I was his first podcast ever. And uh, he was great. He really was. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, really let me great. ask you. Let me ask you. So you you had to touch on the subject that you and I have been tiptoeing around for the past couple right. of weeks um, to not put our foot in our mouth. How how was it talking about the race um, component of what he has dealt with in our business and, and his take on it? It was, I must have asked a hundred, I must have asked 10 people, how do I even bring this up? Right? Like, Jonathan no, no, White. I think you and I talked about it. We did? Of course. I, I asked you how to do it. I, uh, Jonathan White is an African, is a young, is a young African American uh, sports business executive who's a badass. And I know I wanted to bring up race. But being a middle-aged white guy to talk about race is weird. It's weird. Yep. I didn't know I approach. I don't want to offend. I don't want to say the wrong thing. And I think if you go and listen to the podcast, and we did it at the end mainly because um, I wanted to go through what I'll call a typical interview, like talk about your thing, and he was very interesting the whole time. But I like didn't know how to bring it up, so it's almost like delay, delay, delay. <laughs> and I get to it and all the people that I talked to about like you know giving me advice on how I should potentially bring up the subject I just said how do I bring this up but I feel like we need to talk about it and then we just started talking about race and we start talking about his experiences we start talking about like how him and like the Florida Panthers director of group sales are the only like black executives like that that are part of it how proud he was to start uh the sharks put together a group uh, of internal people on how to uh you know bring this conversation to light and how proud he was to be a part of that and at the end he said i don't know if this was on the podcast or if this was kind of post podcast i'm not gonna lie i was nervous as hell <laughs> uh to bring it up and at the end, I don't like I said. I don't remember if it was in the podcast or not. He goes, "I really appreciate you bringing that up." And I was like, "What?" And he goes, I, "You know, this gives us a plat. It gives me a platform to. It gives us a uh, gives us a platform to discuss. Us being me and him. And that's important. And you didn't have to bring that up, and you did. And I'm appreciative that you did. And I was like." Huh. Weight up, weight off your shoulders. A, a total, total. Because but I it just, was. It's eye opening, right? Because that clearly is talked about. What you and I, you, you have, you have a very close friend that you said you've never had that conversation. with. Never. By the never. way, I went back and listened to that podcast. We never. We, we you said you had the call. You never talked about how it went. The call with uh, my buddy. Yeah, you never even. You just said, "Oh yeah, we we talked," and then you never it said it. It was. I'll say this: it was emotional. He cried. Like, think about that. Right. He, he cried during it. And the thing that he, he's, he's the exact same age as me. He's 38 years old. And um, he has a daughter who is, I don't know, two and a half, or, you know, maybe a year, 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 year and a half younger than my daughter. And he goes, and he got emotional at this time. He goes, uh, at some point, I'm going to have to have a conversation with my daughter about what happens when you get pulled over. And I said, what? He goes, you got to have the black conversation that like, you got to tell your daughter that she's black and sometimes different things happen because of your skin color. And I was like, wait, huh? And he's like, yeah. It's like, that's the conversation I had. And uh, there's a, African-American guy on my staff, uh, not my staff, but a, a colleague of mine. 
told me the same thing. He's like, there's a conversation that you have about uh, that it's different being black. And these are situations that you're going to occur. And no one talks about it. I don't know. Uh, and it was... So, yeah, and during that time, he started to break down a little bit, and uh, so did I, and it was deep. It was deep, <laughs> and it was, you know, even with my best friend, I, literally. I can only imagine. Because the, uh, my best friend, like, there's three. I have three best friends, like, three, three guys. He's one of them. And it's like, I, you know, I never even occurred to me, right? And I've slept over his house a hundred times. I can only imagine the emo because when we went through it with just hearing my colleagues give us their examples of what they've dealt with, of how raw and deep it was. And look, they're my colleagues, they're not my best friends. And it still was like, oh my God, like, there's just things that you don't, you just take for granted based on the situation that we have in life. And that's great. I mean, that's, that's. I mean, it's probably it's good that we he, did it. He probably felt he probably felt so much better the fact that he was able to have, like just like Jonathan did. Like, this is appreciative that I actually can voice my opinion, and you're willing to listen to it. Like that's half the battle, right? It's just listening. People just want to talk. Yeah, I mean, that's why we started a podcast. <laughs> just yeah, wanna talk. Just um, want to talk. Let's just talk. I don't know. So it's uh, yeah. So that was that's what how that conversation went, and then Jonathan just bringing it up was. I'm telling you, I was nervous. I remember, like, my heart was beating faster, and uh, you know, because you don't, just... you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to offend someone in the middle of a podcast, right? Because it's all about lighthearted sports. You're talking about ticket yeah, sales I mean, and we're not, yada yada you know, yada. You know. And then you get to that conversation, and you're you're having real world discussions that we you and I have both agreed that we're not qualified to essentially have, but we do agree that. As sports executives, it is our responsibility to start being more open to these types of dialogues. Yeah, and uh, I've had a lot of interesting dialogue on this too. Um, you know, one of the colleagues I, I said I, I work with who's African American, I said, I said, you know, I, in all honesty, we haven't interviewed a lot of black people for for jobs, and but like I don't know his name's uh, you know his name's Alex Richardson. How the hell am I supposed to know if that's a white or a black name, right? I, it's not like you're making decisions on that. But you, when you bring in the people, they're mostly white, so you hire mostly white. I said, why is that? Like, why am I getting all these white candidates? And he goes, you'd be surprised about how many African-American guys will go on the website, look on what the staff makeup is, and if they don't see anybody that looks like them, they won't even apply. I was like, no shit, right? That happens all the time. All the time. Yeah, I would never, I would never have thought that, but it makes sense. It makes complete sense. So I don't know. I've been on this whole on the on the race sports business front. I have learned a ton in a month. Um, Me too. Me too. And I, I, um, I look forward to learning more. And again, as we always say in this podcast, be part of the solution and not the problem. Yeah. So we'll continue. I'll continue to try like hell. So, anyway, that's uh, that's that, my friend. So, yeah, I think we'll. I think I think we uh, we we got pretty deep in terms of raw emotion. I think in terms of talking about naming rights deals, we'll save that for next week. We'll save that for uh, we will. Um, anyway, have a uh, great fourth. You do anything fun? Well, I am hanging out with you tomorrow. Oh yeah, we have, we do have a meeting tomorrow. Uh, for drinks in the afternoon, which is my favorite kind of uh, two o'clock drinks. This isn't. This is not personal. This is business. We've got business to do. Um, so yes, we have that. Uh, anything. Uh, long, I, this is my. Weekend? This will be my first. This will be my first work meeting in four and a half months. Like outside yeah, of Zoom. see somebody outside of Zoom. Like it'll be my first in-person work meeting in four and a half months. I, I had my first one uh, Monday or Tuesday, and uh, it was weird. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I'll see you tomorrow. But are you do anything during the weekend? Hanging out with family, just chilling. Uh, going I anywhere? believe I'm going to my wife's uncle's backyard for family only, like small gathering pool for the kids to go swimming because it's supposed oh. to be nice. Yeah. Other than that, social distancing at its finest. Yeah, my uh, father-in-law is coming, and we're building a bedroom in our basement. So I'll be working my ass off. 
Uh, yeah, I got to get ready for that baby. Eight weeks, you said, right? Eight weeks. Eight, eight weeks to go. Eight weeks to go. By the way, the car accident stuff, $15,000 in damage. Oh, so you get a new car? No. It was repairable. That's actually better for you. Yeah. So anyway. um, Anyway, follow up on uh, the the (laughs) car accident. A week later payoff. $15,000. $15,000. But anyway, that's it. Uh, We have talked a lot tonight, but... uh, Anyway, that was uh, I enjoyed it. So uh, we'll talk to you next week. And we've got you you out. You did an interview with uh, we've got a big NFL guest next week, right? Uh, NFL female executive, yes, Christy Landy of the New York Giants. So the New York she, Football Giants. What does I, she do? uh, she's the premium sales director. She had started her career selling hockey in South Florida, which we get we touch on about how that prepared her. She worked for the Jets, then the Madison Square Garden, and now the New York Giants. I honestly wanted to I, I, I not honestly wanted to. I told her she could take my job moving forward is she she speaks Rob and Chris language down to a T. She hates to get your foot in the door through ticket sales. She thinks it's the worst advice. She also hates unresponsive HR people in terms of responding about not getting the job. So you're fired, Rob. I I, I um, have been. I, I I literally was like during the whole podcast, doing like the hand emotions, like yes, <laughs> I, I love Christy. Uh, and she she was brought to us through Brian Specia actually that he used to work with her in Florida. That's how that connection happened. But so uh, looking Brian. forward to that. We'll we'll release that one next week, and I think people will love to hear Christy. And she, we we touch on not the race side of things, but the female side of things of being a female person in in female aspiring person in, in sports and a male dominated world and how she's handled it and. I can tell you right now, speaking of badasses, Christy Landy is a badass, and she, yeah. I feel like you'd run through a wall for that person. I'd be anxious. I'm anxious to. Uh, I'm anxious to listen. So, that we got that coming up next week, and uh, we'll have a good time. So, uh, Chris, I'll talk to you later, buddy. Happy Fourth, everyone. Happy Fourth.